Hello, I'm John Thompson, and we're here to discuss all things Liverpool. I'm with uh, Andy Kelly, the Echoes LFC editor, Christian Walsh, and Deputy Head of Sport, uh, Dave Prentice. Uh, we were just saying, uh, Andy, uh, uh, what's the weekly format for Anas Oribles? It's been a, a rough week for Liverpool in uh, so many ways. Uh, what do you made of it? Well, it has. It's, it's obviously the, the, not the week that uh, every Liverpool fan was hoping for. We went into to Sunday hoping to be back in the top four, a uh, real sense of momentum behind the team, uh, you know, driving on towards hopefully an FA Cup uh, you know, appearance at, at Wembley. Uh, what we've had is you know, obviously ending up five points behind, a bad loss to your bitter rivals and uh, your captain suspended for three games and of course since then uh, three games for our best defender as well. Uh, on the top of that, uh, you know, obviously Daniel Sturridge's injury has emerged in the last couple of uh, days and uh, that's something that's going to give uh, Liverpool fans uh, you know, a lot of concern because uh, we've missed him uh, for so much of the season already. So all in all, pretty much as bad a week as it could have been for Reds fans. I think if it was a computer game, you'd be resetting the button, wouldn't you, and starting again? <laughs> so, you know, I think... You know, you just press, you just hit the reset button. It's been a terrible week for Liverpool. It's uh, you know lose the star striker, lose the best defender, lose the captain as well. It's just a series of things, and it's hard to tell whether it being the international week is good or not because it might give Brendan Rodgers time to assess. But at the same time, maybe it's best to to throw throw yourself into things at that point. I think I think the big concern for me is that the last three performances there's been clear signs of. Performances being jaded, you know, the Liverpool looking to run out of a little bit of steam. Uh, you know, Blackburn in the FA Cup, Swansea really poor starts, and then United, you know, certainly for half an hour a slow start, and just at a time when Brendan might be thinking of trying to freshen things up and bring in a few new faces. The injuries, non-availability mean he's uh, not going to be able to do so. So yeah, you know, there are a few concerns certainly, and you know, especially when you look at the next fixture on the horizon as well. You know, a team that's just uh, suddenly found form. It's uh, it's a time when Brendan's going to have to earn his corn, but you know he's certainly been doing that since Christmas. Okay, so what's he going to do? You've been writing about the options, Christian. Uh, a quick view from all of you on uh, how they cope with that storage to begin with up front. I, I, I think Brendan will probably go with Stalem uh, up front simply because I think the two one against City was a, a blueprint to follow. Uh, he was, you know, Sterling in general has been very good. Maybe finishing aside up front, he presses well. He knows when to either come short to bring others into play, or likewise, you know, look for the long ball over the top and give the outlet that way. He's, um, you know, against City it was very good. What that obviously means with Lana also out is Liverpool probably need either Markovic or Ibe to either find form or find fitness over this next week. Ibe was meant to be out for about a month, so he should be scheduled to come back. Soonish, uh, while Markovic um, is a loss of form, is it a niggle? No one really knows. But either way, one of those two will probably have to slot in in the right hand side of midfield at the very least. But with Gerard out as well, that lessens options in midfield as well. So, mm. you know, there is a big ju- a big juggling act to, to go with. What do you think, Andy? Well, I mean, to be honest, I completely agree with Christian. We had found ourselves in a situation before the game talking about whether Sturridge should start or whether Sterling should start because people have been so impressed by that Manchester City performance. I mean, we even ran a poll here on the Echo as to what the fans wanted. That came out roughly twice as many wanting Sturridge to start as Sterling. But the fact that it was even a you know a discussion point shows that people, uh, you know, are happy enough with the job that Sterling has done up top. Uh, they view him as 
perhaps able to press better than Daniel Sturridge has and set the tone a bit better, albeit that Sturridge was always going to be a better finisher than Sterling at this stage in their careers. So, you know, I think the fact that Brendan has tried that out, had success with it earlier in the season, that Sterling almost has to play, uh, you know, up top against uh, this in this Arsenal game you're, you're, you're intimating towards, John, which is going to be such a massive uh, fixture with the points gap to bridge. Yeah. Dave, if, if you accept, Dave, that, that uh, Lambert and Barini probably aren't going to get a look in, Lambert may do if he's required. Is there any room for giving Manny but Mario Balotelli a run now in this sort of uh, the next run of games? No, simple answer is uh, he doesn't fit into the system. Liverpool play a high line pressing. Uh, I don't think Balotelli's shown he's got the energy or the enthusiasm uh, to fit into that. Liverpool have got to. Liverpool's front three have to work very, very hard. They have to cover lots of ground and they have to be very mobile. Balotelli's a different type of centre-forward. He's you know, more of a, a target man, if you like, who thrives on crosses and quality from the flanks, which Liverpool don't do. So uh, unless there's a change of system, which isn't going to happen, I don't think we're going to see him or Lambert very much. And why I'm totally in agreement with Christian and Andy that you know, Sterling has to play the central role with whoever's available, Coutinho on one side, maybe Markovic the other, you know, whoever's uh, available. I mean, there could, be a, there could be a positive side to this. Is the other thing is that uh, Raheem Sterling has been wasted the last couple of games against United. He played virtually as a fullback. You know, he's one of our real attacking options. You know, here's a player who's you know been talked about in terms of you know 150,000 a week. Uh, you know, that that's you know that's his business to a certain extent, and I'm, and I'm sure. Uh, you know, it's disappointing for him to hear some of the fans every time he makes a mistake are now going, oh, you know, £150,000 a week for that or whatever. You know, uh, but, you know, he has had a, a little drop off in form and that, that has coincided with playing this either right wing back. Uh, role and he's, he's just playing too far back. He, he is someone who can do real damage to defences and we need him at the other end of the pitch. Dave, quick word from you, if it may, please, on that Manchester United performance and result. Do you think there was an air of complacency, if not within Melwood, around the club, its fans and the media and that? Everyone was saying Liverpool were going to sort of beat United and, and it shouldn't be too difficult. That was the sort of sense of it, wasn't it? Do you think Do you think they were ready for them because they didn't lay a glove on them, as Brendan Rodgers said, for half an hour? I, I find that very difficult to believe because it's Manchester United and because you know the atmosphere inside the ground is like so so partisan on occasion like that. You know, I, I can't believe that Brendan would have sent the players out you know, feeling you know, obviously superior, but you know, not arrogant. You know, not like they're going to roll over United. Who, let's face it, went into the uh, the match on a decent run of form with a good run of results. Uh, I don't know what the mood was like around the training ground in the build-up to the game, but I'd be very, very surprised if you know there was uh, any complacency involved in that. Uh, I think it was just the day where Liverpool, as I said earlier, were jaded. They started badly, started slowly. United were able to get an, a, a measure of control on the game. When Liverpool finally rested that control back, it was too late. You know, they were a couple of goals down and eventually a man down. I think Van Gaal uh, benefits and Manchester United benefited from what Liverpool did last season. That was a much less congested fixture list than their opponents and I think it was obvious that he'd obviously been working on how to nullify Liverpool's 3-4-2-1 throughout the entire week and I know Liverpool didn't necessarily have a game either in, in, in that midweek but it, it seemed as if Van Gaal was sort of taken step by step so the first step was Tottenham and then he put all his attentions to the Liverpool game and putting Fellaini on Allen and then Fellaini onto, onto one of the centre-backs not you know sort of targeting the left-hand side where Moreno was bowling forward. It felt as if, much like how Brendan did number on you know, Arsenal last season, Everton and, and, and teams like that, Van Gaal basically set up and got exactly what he came for. 
All I'd say is, you know, Van Gaal did get it right. We saw him get it right for about 45 minutes, but I forced myself to sit back through the, the, the game the, the other day. And uh, actually, if you take it from about the half-hour mark to the half-time, Liverpool really came back into the game. Obviously, from a very low base, you know, no one would uh, deny that. But, you know, they should have been uh, equal. Uh, we should have had an equaliser through uh, Lalana, you know, and, uh, you know, People say Henderson was sort of a little bit anonymous in the game, but you know, putting a great ball there, Sturridge layoff. It should be one-one. We've got the you know the captain coming off the bench at half time. He showed in his thirty-eight seconds, whatever it was, real intent that he was about to you know try and grab the game by the scruff of the net. So you know, there's every chance that Brendan Rodgers had a had a sort of a plan to tackle what Van Gaal had set out in the first half. The the sad and frustrating thing is that we never got the the chance to see that unfold mm. because of you know. You know Stephen's red card, and that 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 will mean that we'll never know what would have happened for that for those second forty-five minutes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, if the fans are looking back in anger and dismay at that, and, and letting it fade into the distance now, uh, then they're certainly looking forward to a festival of football. Really, this weekend we've got the Anfield All Stars game, fantastic charity effort, legends galore coming back. Some of them, uh, of course, linked with the club, others from from other clubs. Um, what sort of occasion is this going to be, uh, Andy? Let's start with you. Well, I mean, I think it's 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 going to be one of those occasions where you're going to have a the crowd's going to be a very different crowd to the normal Anfield crowd. I know that speaking to uh, Andrea Cooper from the uh, uh, LFC Foundation, who have organised the game, you know, there's you know they've been contacted by a lot of people who's going to be their first chance to go to Anfield with their kids because you know they don't have access to the Premier League tickets and the season tickets and all that for you have for the normal Premier League game. So we're going to hopefully have a really young crowd. A lot of people getting their first taste and a chance for them not only to sort of say an early farewell to Steven Gerrard but also you know hello again and also a, a farewell to those players that they didn't have the chance to say goodbye to at the, at the time you know football is a very cutthroat business and you know you, you, you do your walk around at the end of the season with your with your family and uh, and your kids or whatever and uh, by August you might well be gone no one's able to say goodbye thanks cheers for you know Nine years in Pepe Reina's case, you know, five years in Xabi Alonso's case. Two of the people who are coming, and of course, uh, Luis Suarez. The, you know, the last couple of seasons there was rumours he might not be back, and uh, of course, it, you know, after the World Cup, it, it materialised that he wasn't coming back. So, you know, there's going to be great names, and just you know, let's hope for a lovely sunny day and an absolute fe- you know festival of football. Uh, but with you know Stephen and Jamie, uh, you know, leading the teams, there will be a bit of competition there too. A lot of the players have been talking about it, of course, and, and, and talking about it with almost an, an amateurish uh, enthusiasm, aren't they? You know, really looking forward to coming back. I think uh, James Pearce was talking to uh, John Arisa um, a week or so ago, and, and he was really emotional about the prospect. Uh, Alonso was on this website, a nice interview with him, uh, talking about how he's looking forward to it too. Um, they're genuinely excited about this, aren't they? It was a set within within hours almost, wasn't it? They are, yeah. And it, 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 fans, fans and players, it, it's almost a luxury for some of these players to play at Anfield without pressure. You know, someone like Alonso has played in the Champions League quarterfinals, semi-finals, FA Cup, crunch clashes, clashes against Manchester United and whatnot. It's going to be nice to sort of you know go back home, if you will, if, if that is indeed how we regards it, and and just enjoy the day and. You know, Andy said the crowd might be a bit different. It might be they might they might sing a few songs. You know, it's it, it, it'll hopefully just be a really good day. And obviously, the main thing is that raises all the right money for charity. And uh, you know, it will be nice to I suppose see the likes of Suarez and, and Alonso and and even Reno. You know, when they do the whole uh, lap of honour at the end of the season, there's uncertainty of whether they go or not. And they did go. This is the chance to have that lap of honour possibly and say. 
goodbye and thanks for everything. And you haven't mentioned the T word, uh, Christine. Uh, Torres. Yeah, for now, no, not Torres. What sort of reception do you think he'll get? I honestly don't know. I would hope, given the spirit of the game, uh, that he would receive a good one. There might be a few pantomime boos, perhaps, but who knows? Who knows? It's uh, it's going to be interesting. It's a nice little subplot of the day. Um, I'm not sure. Is he on Carragher's team? Or is he on Gerard's team? On Gerard's team. So, uh, you know, he's, he, I suppose he's sort of the home team. Um, <laughs> so, it, it, it will it will be interesting to see. Um, I mean... Whether it's time to forgive or forget, that sounds to absolutely everyone. That's their own personal opinion. But it would be nice to, uh, to see maybe the Torres bounce one more time on the cup. Yeah. Dave, at their peak for you, Suarez or Torres? Oh, it's a very tough one, that. Um, at their absolute peak, I think you'd have to... Oh, God, I'm torn because, I mean, let's face it, Torres was a World Cup winner. You know, at his absolute peak, Suarez is such a game-changer. Oh, I'd, I'd edge marginally for Suarez on an absolute fraction, but both at their peak, absolutely outstanding talents. Um, Suarez for me, by uh, not by a massive distance, but by a decent distance. I just think, you know, he he was a player you watched at Anfield, uh, you know, every other week, and you realised you were seeing football at its finest, and that that you know. In, you weren't seeing better touches and uh, moments in any other stadium in the world, really. And uh, you know, Torres was a fantastic. Uh, you formed a fantastic partnership with Steven Gerrard, uh, and you know had that that sort of couple of years where he was absolutely fantastic. But um, a great finisher and great pace. But for me, Luis Suarez was you know was and is in the best three players in the world. And uh, to watch that every other week is a privilege. Very quickly, Chris Suarez and Torres. Out of Liverpool, um, I suppose heads it falls on Suarez just about, but you know don't let time fray the memories of, of Fernando Torres, who was an absolutely phenomenal footballer, one of the best finishes I've ever seen in, in world football, and uh, you know as I said, for two or three years, yeah, he, he, he galvanised Liverpool, and, and he, you know he should have won trophies with them. To be quite honest, I'd say Suarez just for the simple context that he's up there with Messi and Ronaldo, if not on par, he's on the level below. Uh, whereas Torres was maybe on a level below the best players in the world in 08, 09 or whatnot, but they weren't at the le- level that Messi and Ronaldo were at now, so it's sort of a cop-out answer for Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of that amount, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, it'll be a fantastic one for the fans to see. Then, of course, the pay tribute to uh, Stephen Gerrard and Jamie Carragher. It's been an incredible era, the Gerrard and Carragher era. It is almost at an end now, and, and this game, I think, uh, nods to that, doesn't it? So uh, so fair play to those two guys as well. We'll be uh, treating the game, uh, I was going to say, just like any other game, but we'll be uh, probably doing even more on it because of the interest in it. So uh, for all the build-up to it and all the best reports and pictures from it and reaction and analysis, uh, do stick with the Echo in print and online. Ben jij prijsbewust? Nu extra MB's bij de Sony Xperia XA2. Voor 19,50 per maand, 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1500 MB internet tijdens de Ben Prijsbewust Week. Kijk op ben.nl. Let op, geld lenen kost geld.